All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of Mostly Ghostly. We got a real fun episode for y'all out there today. Don't we, Ray? Oh, yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful one. It burns like an ember in the middle of the night. When you look back on all the episodes, you'll see this episode and you'll go, wow, that was a slobbernaka. That was a real classic one right there. Uh, today, we're going to mash up a little of the old paranormal with some Hollywood land type stories. You know what I mean? Getting into some celebrity ghosts. You know what I mean? Now, with there being celebrity ghosts, do you think there'd be celebrity uh, or some TMZ ghosts out there snapping pics? No. Paparazzi ghosts? Paparazzi ghosts, yeah. Yeah. Has to. Makes sense, right? Where do the paparazzi go? The clubs. No, I mean, what, after they, do they go to heaven? Do they go, where does paparazzi go? It depends. Do they, do it they depends, cross? depends what culture you believe, because certain cultures would believe that snapping all those pictures would be stealing all those souls. So maybe that'd be extra power for you, or that'd be a big burden on you. That'd be a hellacious fine you would have to pay in the afterlife for that. That's the true question, I feel. So, right off the bat, we'll, we'll pop into the first celebrity, America's sweetheart. You know what I mean? Lucille Ball. You know what I mean? I know I'm a Gigantor fan all throughout life. Not so much nowadays, but it, in the younger years, a lot of Lucille Ball went over my eyelids. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, the, the, the beginning stages of... Uh, was that Nick at Night? The late time, you know, the late throwing this stuff on there. And uh, I, I believe Lucille Ball might even have been played early mornings, um, like before school stuff, you know what I mean? But you guys both get into uh, the, the I Love Lucy show? Yeah. Chorus, Stepping on the Grapes. Classic. One of the greatest moments, I think, in TV history. That's some of the class. Yeah, it really is. It's classic television, you know what I mean? Ray, you don't you don't get down with Lucille Ball. That's what I'm catching the vibe from. That's what I'm feeling. No, I did I did when I was young. I know you can still access it on several streaming services. Tubi being one for free, uh, you can still see the old show. But uh, kind of moved away from that. Yeah. What it was a yeah. Them, you know, the cho- when the, the chocolate they work at the chocolate factory. I think with the friend that was also classic. That was classic oh, yeah. moments. Um, very, very good times, you know what I mean? Lucille Ball, legendary status. Uh, so we got a little story for y'all out there. You know, the I Love Lucy star died during surgery in 1989. I didn't remember that. Did anybody know that? No. no. But she's still reportedly been seen wandering around her old home, according to the claim shared by the Huffington Post. <clears throat> the California home that she first inhabited with Desi Arnaz, which, yeah, there's a, there's, I think, a Netflix or there was some sh- uh, new movie about them uh, to paint the picture of uh, what that lifestyle was like. But uh, she was inhabited by her and Desi. Uh, it was sold to her second husband, <clears throat> Gary Morton. The new owners decided to tear the house down and build the new one in its place. A friend drove by the home before it was torn uh, totally down when she reportedly saw a slim, red-headed figure seeming to say goodbye to her old house as well. Oh. According to the claims, Lucy's ghost looked puzzled and distraught and walked away. Uh, interesting stuff, you know what I mean? Kind of fits what you would almost, you almost think, you almost feel like it would be. You got the red hair, you got to have the red hair, it's classic. Uh, even if, you know, even if it was all, if it was the see-through ghost, it'd be like Sin City style, where like, it'd be the black and white, but the hair would have to be red. That's how iconic Lucy's hair is, you know what I mean? But, Ray, what do you think about this with, with that? Like the puzzled look, her being distraught and puzzled and her seeming to say goodbye to the house. Because a lot of the time when they're stuck in those routines, it's because they don't think that, that they don't know that they're at that point of bye-bye house. You know what I mean? They're kind of stuck in the deal. But what do you, what do you, what's your take on 
her almost being stuck in the goodbye house at part, you know what I mean? And the puzzle not knowing what's going on and being upset. That's hellacious. That sounds like like torture, like hell almost in a way. Well, you, you, you're on the other side and you've got an attachment to a place and you don't understand what's going on because you're no longer there. You just see its destruction. And yeah, that, that's, that's going to hurt. That's going to, that's going to make you sad. I mean, one reason why she might be there, uh, she may have been trapped there or she may have chosen to stay there for memories. One of the two. And now it's being destroyed. So that's literally destroying her whole reason for being there. She hasn't yeah. moved on yet. I mean, is that a reason for not passing on? Like your life is so great that you don't want it to end? Good question. Uh, I think probably. Yeah. yeah so what, people who have a, a, an attachment to their life, it can be wealth, it can be fame, whatever it is. But when they're attached to that life, their energy they put so much energy into the life that that energy keeps them there. They just can't break it. They can't move on. Yeah. The new owners of the house have also reported hearing Lucy's ghost, mostly in the attic, moving furniture around and even sometimes having little parties. I wonder what that sounds like. <laughs> uh, when presented with the option to have an exorcism on the house, the owners dismissed the idea. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's the, the most valuable part about the house is our ghost. You don't want to keep that asset. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, those parties, the little parties, it's all the little parties I, I think, think that she had when she, she was alive there. Those small VIP parties could have been up to no good, good, bad news or something. And maybe that's what she's trying to get back to. That no, that bad news. She left that left that big bag of cocaine. <laughs> on the coffee table she's trying to get back in you know very sad it's a very sad ordeal the whole the, the fact that she's sad is kind of a weird thing you know that's always that seems like hell when you think about it very uh tortured soul you know what i mean life wasn't that pretty for uh, uh as well from what i hear with her husband was a wild man mm-hmm. all right Next up, legendary uh, Beatle frontman, John Lennon. Imagine. Can you imagine? You know what I mean? Um, iconic. Uh, he was very... Uh, right. You got anybody know how old he was when he passed on? He was maybe, what, in his 30s? Early 30s? He was young. No idea. He's young. I want to say he was a young deal. He was 40. Yeah, 40? he was 40. Oh, yeah, shit. he died in 1980, December 8th. Yep. Food down. No, for anybody out there that's never heard of the the Beatles, I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you've been at. But legendary band, you know, you had a solo career after the band kind of disbanded. And uh <clears throat> you know, there was crazy there was a crazy uh crazy fan killed him, which is always kinda the icing on the cake for a career for 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 an interesting life. You know, to, to really cap off a really interesting life is to have some wild, crazy event like something like that. Um, John his Lennon, ghost isn't where he got shot, though, right? His ghost. I don't think so. No. No. No, but John Lennon's ghost is uh, is peacefully haunting the Dakota, according to Yoko Ono, Paul McCartney, and others who have been to the Manhattan building where the musician was murdered. So there we oh, go. Oh, so he is there. He is there. So everybody get yourself a plane ticket now and uh, go catch a ghost to John Lennon. I think we should put it on travel plans. It's only a, it's only a little drive away. I support it's worth that. the ride. I actually would love to go to this spot. I, I didn't realize it was like um like so so I knew it was New York. So no, Lucille didn't die at her home. She died in the hospital on in, a table. Uh, and yet yeah. her her ghost is at her house. And here we have John Lennon, and I'm supposing if he was to choose where he was going to, like, spend an eternity haunting, he's not going to go with the Dakota, even though I'm, I'm sure it's sassy and great, but, like, he's not going with Dakota for for all eternity. Mm. Maybe it's a different case because of the murder aspect. Oh, yeah. When you're looking at that murder, you're looking at a violent death, the trauma from the death. 
the quick release and that trauma and that death, that trauma trapped him there. That's, that's how, how he ended up there was that very brief traumatic moment when he died, not ready for it. And the way he died, it's like he just, he just can't let go. That energy is holding, holding him there. That death, that violent death is holding him, holding him down. You know, she died in surgery, so you can say that was kind of, could have been an accidental thing, you know what I mean? So there's that crazy aspect to it, but yeah, the violence of the death of Chapman blasted him up was uh, definitely, I think, what would change that deal. But he was, it was, yeah, he had, it was such a, you know, like almost a bright, he was such like a kind of a bright light, Uh, not so much behind the scenes I hear, but uh, on Front Street, he was a bright. He was a big bright light of uh, you know positive shit. So he, when he snuffed him out, it was like I don't know. I think it was a bigger deal. There was people. Ray Bootman, do you know if at the time people were killing themselves off when Lennon got killed? If there was I a, don't. I don't know. I know when Kurt Cobain <laughs> died, people did. Yeah. It may sound to some people horrendous, but I was never a big follower of the Beatles. Well, that is horrendous. That's actually really horrendous. I'm going to throw open a bucket. <laughs> I'm going to throw open a bucket after hearing something like that. But, yeah, no, with him being such a change the world, peace, happiness type dude, I wonder, because there's a lot to be said if there wasn't a big movement of, uh, you know, fans that left with him in the way that like with Kirk Cobain and you know, when other rappers, I feel, I almost feel like when, like if there's a rapper or something now that dies, you know, uh, I almost feel like he probably, they probably even lose some of their big fans probably go with them type deal. You know what I mean? It's weird. It's what I assumed Lennon had to have had. And I, a good discussion one day would be in a situation like that. What does that create? What type of, Energy does that create when a big loss like that adds to a, like a big lighted loss adds to, a, you know, jumping off ship losses, so to speak. But, um, you know, Yoko's claim to have seen him sitting at the piano in their apartment building, um, which would kind of make sense, I guess. You know what I mean? If you could come back and visit the ones that you loved and stuff like that, then that would definitely make sense. Uh, where he told her not to worry because he's still with her. That's a very common thing. You guys get any comment on that? Uh, spirits coming back, particularly if you're very much attached to somebody uh, and trying to console people, that is that is a very common thing. They tend to do that quite a bit mm. uh, when, when they can. It's kind of like someone trying to get in touch with, let's say, a parent or somebody else where... Uh, a husband or wife visitations shortly after they've died and passed over is, is not a very uncommon thing. Yeah, you always hearing about stuff like that. Uh, Paul Ringo Starr and George Harrison also caught inklings that their bandmate was still with them uh, while recording John's song "Free as a Bird." They all heard unexplainable noises and felt that their their friend was there with them in the studio, just like old times. Um, which you make sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I I lost a boss to a tragedy, and he would stand in at work in a particular spot, and and he would toss his keys in the air. And you could, um, I'm not sure about now, but you could at times hear the keys in the, in the air. So I, I believe, you know, 100% that, that that's totally possible. Yeah. And the, the thing with the, the, going back to the house <clears throat> with Lucille <clears throat> is, um, I, it almost feels like going back to the house. If she feels like she could leave the hospital, it should still be alive type deal almost and getting to the house and realizing that, that it's finished <clears throat> is uh, unfortunate for her. You know what I mean? Let me have a drink of water. All right. Next up, Al Capone. You guys know Al Capone. Oh, Scarface. 
Uh, Scarface. Al Capone used to do business with Ray. And then Al Capone <laughs> crossed Ray, and Ray was going to fucking kill him. Ray had him cornered and had a gun in his face and said, Al, I could kill you right now, but I'm going to do you one worse. I'm sending you the joint, forever, the rot, and I'm going to let you out of there. And then they sent him away. Very gangster. He, he was haunted by he was haunted by somebody he killed. He he was like haunted by a man named Jimmy that he actually killed. Capone was Capone. Yeah. Has that movie ever been made? Because that's a great movie. Let's do it. I support that. <laughs> Jimmy, interesting. Um, maybe he was wrongfully killed or something. He had a lot of respect for him, and he, he couldn't believe that he killed him, so he couldn't go to the afterlife. No, arguably, well, yeah. No, uh, all I was going to say is if you're taking someone who had that violent a life, mm-hmm. that life is what could have trapped him here. Right. Well, Capone, yeah, is definitely, again, if you're going to go into different cultures, you'd almost feel like there's probably cultures that feel that, uh, you know, he's got to put in all this extra time before he could actually go to an afterlife. Like, uh, like the purgatory claim is, you know what I mean? That's probably what he'd be rolling with. But arguably, he's the most famous criminal in recent American history. You know what I mean? Uh, he did a lot of bad things in his life. You know what I mean? And it's said to have been haunted by the people who wronged. Uh, he wronged. Subsequently, he was very, his very own ghost has been spotted at various places of consequence from his lifetime. He died from um, syphilis or something, right? Ouch. I so. Yeah, I think he caught something. I think he caught something that didn't agree with him. Um, Bachelor Grove Cemetery. A small plot of land in the suburbs of Chicago is one of the spots where the gangster and his gang used to dump bodies. Now it's his own spirit that has been spotted in the reportedly haunted cemetery, Mount Carmel Cemetery. Al's final resting place is also said to be the site of apparitions. Some even say that he'll chase you right out of there if you tread too too disrespectfully near his grave. Um, Yeah. I also heard that, uh, like, I think he spent some time in Alcatraz. Yeah. And while he was there is when he started losing it and started, well, you could either say losing it or he started paying the price because that's where the stories come out that he was starting to talk about being haunted or tortured by spirits. Makes sense, you know what I mean? It's very, uh, very, some very crazy stuff. Now, do you think that do you, do you think that he would uh, a punishment would would him having to be stay at the place where he dumped those bodies? What do you think about that aspect of it? Well, that the ghost was the only thing he feared. So, I mean, if the only thing you fear in the living is this ghost, then why wouldn't you want to be a ghost when you when you pass? Why would you want to go on to what could be you know the consequences of your actions? I'd stick around. I think he was afraid of what the afterlife was going to hold for him. I think a lot of those folks that are, are gangster like that and kill a lot of people off, I think no matter how tough they are or whatever, I think once they start realizing that, you know, they're they're about the, one of these days, they're not going to be alive anymore and they're going to have to answer uh, for all these things. I think that they kind of, you know, they'll get religious and such, but, you know, really start thinking about that afterlife and what it entails. You know what I mean? What do you think about him chasing people out of his his area of the cemetery? I mean... It, it, yeah, turf. Yeah, I mean, it could, yeah, the gang life, you know how gangs are. Yeah. But I, I don't know about that one. It could be anybody. I, who's to say it's really him, you know what I mean? Well, he probably does have a big section. His lot's probably, and he's probably not mixed in with, you know, Floyd the Barber, you know what I mean? He's probably got this big marble deal somewhere. I think so. 
I think so. I don't know. I, I like the cemetery thing because if you could imagine that um, you've killed all these people, you're afraid of spirits, you're afraid of death. It's all right when you deal it to someone else. And then you get trapped in a place where you dump these bodies and where these people are buried. And you're always on the edge of, hey, look, at this is you. This is you. And you're trapped there seeing what you've done. And you see the victims. And who knows, from his side, he may actually see these people that he's killed. I have to deal with them. And that's a perfect torture. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, this, that's kind of like as hell, which is kind of an interesting take on it. You know what I mean? Uh, next up, we have the great Lon Chaney, you know what I mean, from like films like Phantom of the Opera. He who gets slapped, you know, the penalty, the unholy three, uh, special effects, uh, big, big with that of his time. You know what I mean? The original Phantom of the Opera himself died in 1930. Uh, but the heat, but the decade sense of not stopped him from haunting the studio where the film was made, donning his cape and everything, according to reports. That's very creepy because it, it, ever go, going back as the youngest of uh, youngest years of my childhood, and I've always been a horror fan. That the makeup job and the look of the Phantom from Phantom of the Opera has always been super horrifying as a ghoul. You know what I mean? Um, sort of see that lurking is pretty horrifying. Uh, when the lights inexplicably go on and off by themselves, folks say it's Lon Chaney who's behind the strange phenomenon. Well, lights going on and off is definitely something we've heard about in the old paranormal world. You know, when, when forces are around, when presences are trying to make themselves known. Um, so that kind of goes right in there with it. Yeah, going back to that, that the, the phantom actually being, seeing the phantom is pretty creepy. That's pretty scary. Um, what do you guys think about the fact that it's a, a character from a movie that he did? Granted, it's probably his biggest thing. Uh, and that comes with some type of energy. But um, what's your approach to the, the phantom of the opera character being seen? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that's a definite maybe. Yeah. I think it's, you know, you've got an old studio, you've got all these people uh, that made the film, and that would be a great story if you're doing a tour of the lots in the back of the studio. This is a studio, and they still see his ghost. Sure. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know if I buy into that one completely, being at that studio lot. I'm wondering when you're, when it ends, like, like good old Lucille, like once her house is eventually, I guess everything goes away. Is that when her spirit is going to have to move on or does it go somewhere else? Once you're forgotten, is that, is that a wrap for you? It's a very good question. It's weird because it's like, yeah, how long, I think we've talked about this on the show before of how long it, you know, and, and dead time is supposedly a lot longer <clears throat> than, you know, living time. So, or quicker, is it, was it quicker? It was something like that. Um, kind of like in the religious thing where <clears throat> Jesus, uh, or God, somebody says, uh, I'll be back in a couple days or something like that. But it's really like the equivalent to all this time it's been. Uh, I heard Jesus is coming back at the end of this year. So everybody get themselves ready. Talk about a mostly ghostly exclusive. We tell you when the big guy is coming back for you. Now, we also got Marilyn Monroe, all right, which who, her whole death is kind of crazy in itself and has conspiracy theories galore about what actually happened there. We're she's not messing, on a show. Huh? She's messing around with the president. President. Yeah. All, all mm -hmm. Al Capone's friends and the president, and they all hated each other and stuff, and quite a... It's a, it's a, that, that, that story is very interesting to go into because it was such a different time for, to be a lady, I feel, you know what I mean? With, when it came to things like uh, being a sex symbol and being around powerful men 
I think it was more of like a take take thing, you know, not really. Even if she wasn't down for it, I think they just kind of took it, you know what I mean? Which is very sad. And I think that she was kind of being as abused by multiple parties in the end of her life. And, you know, they claim that she killed herself off with, you know, prescription pills, you know what I mean? But um, I don't know. I think, I think somebody helped her out with that. I think that she was assisted. Um, I think that she was told the best thing for her would be to take, you know, that route be done type deal. But what can you do? Marilyn's not here to ask the questions to. Uh, her <laughs> She's been dubbed the hardest working ghost in show business. She has. I like that. She is. She shows up the most. I like that. Uh, it's a reason enough to suspect that she would come back and haunt this world because she's so beautiful. She's from b- reported in various places throughout Hollywood, most often in her home where she was found dead. I thought she was found dead in a hotel room. Interesting. Um, yeah. However, she also been spotted at her star at her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. That could have just been the the look alike. The, the you know, there's like fifty of those running around dressed up. Well, like. it's a pink mist that hovers above it, so oh, she really? can like she can pop in as her full body apparition, like in a mirror. She can be a mist, a pink a pink mist. Over her, you know, her star. I wonder if it smells good. It smells like perfume. You know what I mean? As well as in her Cadillac when it was on display. The Roosevelt Hotel has also been the site of Maryland sightings since 1962, particularly in Suite 1200, where she used to stay. Did anybody else think that she died in a hotel room? No, I thought it was at her house. Yeah, no, it was it was at her house, but I thought it was a hotel room for some reason. Uh, I think that's Whitney. Whitney I think you're thinking about Whitney. Hugh Stone. Hugh Stone. Hugh Stone was found in a, in a bathtub, not a house yeah. or a ba- or a hotel. Yeah, room. in a hotel. Uh, yeah, rest in peace, uh, the Braxton family. There, somebody went down. Spencer, I'd say, yeah. I was going to say that with the Marilyn thing, I mean, there was Jack and there was also the brother Bobby, supposedly. Um, she went, they uh, both used her. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if somebody who's having that much difficulty and is that desperate and upset in life and being used by these people, uh, when they pass, they may come back to haunt the places where they actually enjoyed life. If it was a nightclub, if it was a particular hotel, maybe it's the Walk of Fame. They just couldn't release because of that trauma that they were going through. They're here and their spirit is going back and reliving the good moments. They won't let go. It's like, this is, look, I'm a star. This, this, this is where I used to go. This is, and the spirit, instead of passing on, is trying to, it's stuck. It's actually stuck as it tries to relive those good moments. It tries to, it tries to feel good about itself as a person, particularly someone who was abused. And I think that is what trapped her. And that's why she's seen in those multiple places. They were, may have been high points in her life. And she visits those places because that's the thing that gives her joy or satisfaction now that she didn't yeah. have near the end of her life. <clears throat> yeah. Very sad. You also got the king, Elvis Presley. Uh, according to the Houston Press, Elvis Presley ghost has been reported all over the place. That makes a lot less sense, a lot of sense, seeing as he was one of the biggest stars in modern history, or possibly even ever. Graceland is a good place to start if you're looking to run an Elvis, uh, an Elvis Specter. The kitchen, particularly, has given off ghostly vibes to many visitors. Uh, I know that he liked those peanut butter and fried peanut butter sandwiches, bacon, killing it, doing it big. I don't know if he was in the kitchen making them. I know he was in the dining room eating them. His, his last words were, I, I'm going to go to the bathroom and read. Must have been a good book. You know, I don't know if it was that good of a book. He did. did he die in the bathroom? He stayed in there for a while, yeah. I think I think he, he ended up dying in, in the bathroom, right? 
Yeah, they say a lot of people actually die in the bathroom, which is a you know, there's an unfun fact for everybody to hear. Well, when you gotta go, you gotta go. I guess so. That was a hot line. <laughs> that. That Sorry, was... I had to. Nah, if we had somebody cutting up greatest hits, greatest moments, that'd be on it right there. <laughs> what, what, what some people don't know about him is um, he was on some serious painkillers and drugs. Oh, yeah. And he had been on them for a lot of years. He originally got the prescription because he hurt his back in the Army. Went back that far, oh, huh? It went back that far. And as he <clears> got <throat> older and the pain got worse, he just kept taking more and more. So he was on him his entire musical career almost. Pretty much, yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't be able to do the performance he did. And he did a hell of a performance. I saw him twice. Yeah. And uh, it, it is a hell, of a, a hell of a performance. But, um, yeah, he had, he had to have something to be able to perform it just to keep going as he got older. And that alone will drag your whole spirit down. It'll, it'll mess up your energy and drag you down psychologically. It yeah. could trap you. It's true, man. Elvis is a lot like John Lennon. When I first heard, uh, you know, about Elvis and the Beatles, I said they were so loved. I said they can't be, they got to be overhyped. They can't be that great. And then I heard them both and I was like, all right, they're really good. Same thing with Johnny Cash. I think, too, before I heard him, I was like, oh, well, you know, everybody loves him, but, you know, everybody, everybody can't be right. And everybody was right. You know what I mean? Now, also on the Las Vegas Strip, He's been spotted by singers while on stage, just watching the performance from the crowd. You know, taking notes, trying to steal songs. I heard he was. Uh, you know, I, I when I think of the Elvis, uh, I think of like I, a couple of years ago. This magazine put together this like what he'd look like now, and he'd look like complete shit, which was funny. He'd also be like 105 years old. You know, the Knickerbocker Hotel is also a pretty regular site for reported Elvis hauntings, as he stayed there for, uh, many a time. And room 1016 seems to be his uh, focal point there. So that's where a lot of his fun was at. You know what I mean? Craziness. Next up, we have the great James Dean. He died very young. Um, James Dean tragically died in a car accident at the young age of 24. Woo! That's young. Um, you know, but his ghost is said to haunt his grave in Indiana. Folks who have visited his tombstone have claimed that if you leave an unlit cigarette, you'll return to, a, to it lit with the scent of a smoke in the air. Interesting. Well, if it's lit, then, of course, you would smell the smoke. Come on now. Um, so what do you just go hide behind a tree for like two seconds and then come back and it's lit? Because that's going to burn out pretty quick, you know what I mean? They act like it takes a long time here. Now, cold spots near his grave during the hot summer days have also been reported, as well as visions of James hitchhiking off the site of his fatal crash because he wasn't ready to go. And he says, get me the back, get me back to life immediately, please. Or even driving the car he was killed in. Which I've seen pictures, that car didn't look like he could do much driving in it when he was done with it. Uh, one particular supernatural experience at the site of James' death was reported in detail by Supernatural Magazine. But they're not going to give us that hookup and tell us what happened. I could make something up for the people at home, but I'm not going to. Uh, do you guys have anything to say about James Dean? Well, what I would tend to say is young, uh, a lot of fame, fortune, and suddenly, boom, it's all over. And he and that, loved that, that violent death. And he loved that good life. And he's still looking for that good life. I, I believe him in the car because I want to say like he loved driving cars and driving cars fast. That was his whole, that was like his reason for living supposedly. Um, you know, he's, he was a race car driver. Yeah. Yeah. That was his ex true excitement, his true passion. He acted, but he, uh, his true, I guess, unwinding activity was that 
You know what I mean? And yeah, 24 is super young, probably at the top of his game. I think him and Marilyn Monroe just did a movie uh, at this point in his career, just did a movie together close close to this. Uh, You're also talking at 24 years old. Um, at that point in life, a lot of times, like you're feeling like you're invulnerable. Yeah. Nothing will stop you. You take a lot of risk. You're gonna you're gonna live forever, and boom, that's snatched out right from under them. And that that can be that can be very traumatic, depending upon uh, how the the person's energy or spirit is, and he could end up trapped. I think for sure in a situation like that, that there there's depending on what the like how the action actually unfolded. If he could think that he's not, you know, not dead, for he could he just think that he just fucked up his car and he's still trying to get back because it's like the will of his mind. You know what I mean? Thinking just like I can't, I can't be, I can't be dead. Like this can't be how it ends. There's no way this is how it ends. Like what are those? Do you think, like, him and Marilyn in the afterlife, do you think the ghosts can, like, mingle? Uh, like, can they? Can they mingle? Like, do, like can they see, like, like, they can interact with us, but, like, can they interact with each other, or are they only for us? Good question. I think they could. My opinion is, I, I assume they could. What do you think, Greg? Uh, they can, but they have to have a lot of what I would call the same energy. Be in the same wavelength uh, to be to be able to mingle, and it's usually someone has to be kind of strong on the other side. Their energy has to be kind of strong to be able to connect with another one. Would they have strong energy from dying so young, or do you don't think that that aspect of death means anything in the afterlife? I uh, it might trap you here, but I don't think it, it contributes to your energy right. that much. No. We also got Montgomery Cliff. Elizabeth Taylor said that Montgomery Cliff could have been the best actor on the planet if only he had been less picky about his movies. Though others would argue that that's what made him so fantastic. Now, a crippling car accident in 1956 forced him to get a plastic uh, surgery to mend his face. He never physically or emotionally recovered from that crash. And, you know, when you're a movie star... And your face gets messed up. That really is physically and emotionally horrifying because your career is over and now you're headed into good old Depressionville for sure. You know what I mean? He passed away a decade later and is said to have uh, haunt the room at the Roosevelt Hotel that he stayed in while filming from hair to eternity. That sounds very Hollywood. You know what I mean? He's like, how long are you staying in the hotel? You know, from hair to eternity. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, he's not a mean ghost, you know, though he reportedly likes to give a, a scare by tapping folks on the shoulder, draining batteries, and practicing his bugle as he did while filming the movie. I don't know, depending on when he's practicing that bugle, that sounds pretty mean if you're trying to sleep or something. I kind of find it a little weird that a dude that died from probably depression killed the dude, that he'd be so playful in the afterlife. What do you think about that, Ray? Does the attitude that you have when you die, that probably carries on into the afterlife, too. It doesn't flip. I think we talked about this in an episode before where, like, a bad dude who died was doing, like, weird, playful kid things or something. But what's your take on that? Most of the time, not necessarily all, but most of the time, what you are here, um, if you don't fully cross over and you're trapped as a ghost, you're the same thing. So if you're uh, staying away from people, you are depressed and you are down, you're not likely to be a fun ghost to be around. Yeah, we were talking about something where a dude killed himself off. And, like, he was supposedly acting, like, all, like, trying to play games and be be playful with, like, somebody. And I just thought that was very weird. You know what I mean? It's like, you don't go from, like, you don't, you know, I had my opinion on the old, when you give yourself the old adios amigo, I feel like, uh, I feel like where you go 
unfortunately, like the sadness that you were feeling is probably still the sadness you're going to feel when you're gone. It's just now there's really, there's really kind of no escape from it, you know what I mean, which is horrifying. Um, the, sa- the sadness can, can be there. Um, I remember I was doing a mediumship gallery one time, and um, I connected with a young guy. Yeah. And um, he had killed himself. Right. And his whole purpose to be there, uh, because his parents were there in the audience, his whole message was, number one, to say he was sorry, but to make sure that they knew he was okay now. Yeah. So he was, he was, he was trying to express love to them and say it was okay and express that to his parents through me. Yeah. Which is, uh, a little bit different than a Hollywood star deciding to play the bugle at night at an, in a hotel he stayed in. That to me sounds very Hollywood. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that for sure. That's definitely some Hollywood stuff. Did you want to say something to Sunday Lou? Well, I'm like, I'm, I, I'm a, I'm a Gemini yeah. cancer cusp. And there are moments when I am like straight, you know, serious. And then there's other times where I'm just like a goofball. Yeah. So I would imagine, cause like, I, cause when you said that, I was like, well, what am I going to be like? Cause there's times where I like, I'm like straight up serious and, and we'll flip a table. And then there's other times where, I feel like I'm kind of, you know, playful and whatever. So why wouldn't I be both when I cross over to? Good point. You know what I mean? I just, in certain situations, you know, I feel like, like if you're, if you're leaving, if you're leaving on your own merit, if you're leaving because you want to leave, I feel like you're probably making that decision because you're not happy. You know what I mean? And uh, I think if you spend out of, it's kind of, it's one of those things. Like I feel if you spend that much time unhappy and then you take that, take that deal, like you were in that sadness and yeah, we all have our ups and downs, but I feel like for the most part, everybody's kind of middle of the road. But if you're kind of like not middle of the road, bottom of the road type deal constantly to the point where you've got to, you go adios. I almost feel like you would probably stay in that, but I, that's just my feeling. I could be completely dead wrong. You know what I mean? I know Ray has his deal where the person felt at peace. It's funny because I always tell Ray every time he brings that up, I go, that's the most controversial thing we've ever had on our show because it's almost like a pro-suicide type deal where it's like, it's okay, buddy. You want things to be better? Take a dive off your roof. You know what I mean? Um, But... You know, who's to say, who's to say, I mean, realistically, if death is just peace and it's the end and it's not, there's nothing else after it, then I guess it would, you know, uh, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's because, you know, nobody really knows until we get there type deal. So it's very interesting until then, but yeah, I don't know. Huh? I was going to say, if you go back to how time is different. Yeah. You were were talking about that. And also we know that space is different too. Uh, on the other side, it doesn't follow our laws. Right. If you take someone that commits suicide and takes a look at, and they're in spirit, take a look at what they did and they're sorry, mm-hmm. uh, they have genuine remorse for it, they will know and be able to tell that uh, someone is, and it may seem immediate to them, or not, but they will know that there's a communication or a chance to reach out and help some somebody yeah. to take away some of their pain. And that's what he did with the parents. He helped, he realized what he did was not what he should have done. But he also, his re, he took on the responsibility to let his parents know it's okay. And maybe that in doing that was his final step to cross over successfully to be able to give that message, to make up for what he did in a sense. You know, death could be so crazy and not so permanent. Like it could be as easy. Like if you did have like regret and you or like some type of hell afterlife, who's to say that it isn't as easy as just kind of mentally coming to the coming to grips and being like, what I did was wrong and I'm truly sorry for it. 
And then from that point on of coming to grips with that, then there's peace. You know what I mean? Like who's to say that that isn't, I know we had a lot of things will make you believe that you have to be a certain way before you die. And then once you die, whoop, shot clock, you know what I mean? It's where the cards lay, you know, the things could kind of switch up after you're dead too. You know what I mean? It kind of makes sense that it could be that way, even though there's been so many talk about it, not being that way. Well, that you see, that's, that's what we have in Western society. If you go in the East, but particularly if you go to Tibet, yeah, to the Book of the Dead, which is the Bartok Toto. They have a <laughs> Bartok Toto. They I used to have a copy of it. Yeah, um, they have a forty-nine day, uh, what you would call wait, where a monk prays over the body. Because during that period of time, you look back at your life, and you're confronted with both your fears. And also what you lusted after, whether it be people, whether it be money, whether it be stat, uh, what your stature in the society was. And at that point, if you can't let go of the earth, your earthly things, you're reincarnated. If you can take a, their belief is if you can take a look at your life and realize your true nature, what you did right and what you did wrong. And... Uh, at that point there, you kind, you will continue crossing over successfully because you're not holding on to whether it be your accomplishments, like your big house, for instance, or your problems, like, you know, you screwed somebody over. Yeah. In a bit, in a business deal. If you can be sorry for that and you can let the, the, uh, house go and you start to realize your true nature in spirit, then you can t- continue moving up unless you choose to reincarnate to help somebody. But otherwise, you continue on your journey at that point. Yeah. So it's yeah. All, they're saying you have a choice right after death to determine, by looking at your life, to determine what you are in spirit, by recognizing what you really are and what your life was really about. Different viewpoint. Word. I'm with it. We love stuff like that here at most of Ghostly. Now, Thelma Todd, between 1926 and 1935, you know, Thelma Todd started about 120 films, including many of the Marx Brothers. And at the height of her fame, she opened up her very own restaurant and lived at a fancy apartment above it, a.k.a. the American Dream, baby. She was found dead from carbon monoxide poisoning in her car at the age of 29. That don't sound like the American dream anymore. It was concluded that the death was an accidental one, but suspicion still arose. The building is now owned by a production company, and employees have reported seeing a ghostly figure gracefully descending the stairs. Perhaps her untimely, slightly suspicious death has left her wanting for more in this world. What do you guys think? Well, I, I took the first. I took the first shot at it last time. Oh. So, Sin Lu, Sin Lu, how do you do? What do you think? I I, I honestly didn't even know who she was. <laughs> I'll be honest with you too. All respected to her, I didn't. Her her face looks familiar. Very beautiful. She's from Massachusetts. <laughs> she, she's from Massachusetts. Much respect. She was probably treated like garbage. Much respect. Um, yeah, I know I, she, 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 there's suspicion around her death. So well, the old, she's very you know, possible murdered. That car, the carbon monoxide death in the car is usually suicidal when you put the tube in the exhaust pipe. But when you said she's from Massachusetts, maybe it was just the snow, uh, in her exhaust pipe. she was sitting <laughs> there waiting for the car to heat up and the exhaust pipe was blocked and filled up. She the got whacked. She got whacked. She could have got whacked out. Um, the height of her fame, you know, the, the restaurant business is super duper cutthroat. I think all three of us have had that conversation before. Um, you know, and she lived in a, in a fancy apartment above it. So she she was kind of killing it in the artistic world with these films or however you could kill it, I guess, back in that era. 
Um, and with the restaurant, owning her own restaurant was huge for her, I think. And living in the fancy apartment above it, I think she was like enjoying her life and everything she created for herself. And we all know that unfortunately, sometimes people don't like when people make the best of their life and enjoy it, you know what I mean? And, and kind of put it out there. It doesn't seem like she was flaunting it that much, but who's to say? Uh, and, you know, the carbon monoxide poisoning in her car at the young age of 29, you know, you could go down the road of that it was a suicide and maybe she was about to lose everything. Who's to say? And then you could also have the whole murder deal where somebody killed. I mean, it's very easy I feel if you could just get her to pass out with some sleeping pills or whatever, and then you kind of had her in the situation where that was filling up with carbon monoxide while she slept, I think that that would probably do the trick. Not that anybody should ever do that at home. Um, but I think that that, you know, that's very possible too. So I can see both sides of the story. It's very behold the pill podcast, but I can see both sides of the story with that where it almost could be, you know, you know, this is going back in the, you know, not in the 30s, in the 20s and 30s. I really think that in the 20s and 30s, being a female, owning your own restaurant and having a nice apartment above it and working in the entertainment world, kind of killing it in a professional way, in an artistic way, leaves a lot of envy for people. Um, and also a lot of people, you know, I could see people just yeah. not. Well, the people that thought her death was suspicious were her friends. And you're, and I really think your friends know you, you best, you know, and, uh, and so if, if her friends are like, oh, she's depressed and for her absolutely fantastic life that she has, then maybe, but her friends are like, no, she is good. So she got whacked. No, I can see that, you know, and you could have, you know, even, even in that time, uh, like, a, like a guy, a man go th- seeing a woman do better than him. Mm-hmm. It's like enough. That alone back yeah. in that time is enough for her to go away type deal. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think you're right because she motivated, you know, she was doing it. Like, she was, like, living her dream is how it seems. And, you know, you don't just, you know, unless there's some serious issues behind the scenes, you don't, you don't kill yourself off. Very interesting. She was from And she was, she was tied to Lucky Luciano. Oh, really? Yeah, I wonder if I wonder if he helped her out with it. Mm-hmm. And future husband of uh, somebody, I think I'm related to. I'm not sure. Did the Vanderbilts. Did she die in Massachusetts, or she just? Well, that's what I'm, I was trying to figure out. Because yeah. if she did, then we need to like jump in the car and roll. I think we should do a big deal. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got the Duke himself. John Wayne. I wish I had a good John Wayne uh, impersonation impression, <laughs> but I don't, unfortunately. I'm going to have to learn for everybody. But John Wayne once owned a yacht named Wild Goose, you know what I mean? And it's a successive owners uh, have reported sightings of the actor aboard the ship, the people that own it now. Uh, according to the LA Times, a psychic who was brought on the on board came to the conclusion that John wasn't there for any malevolent reasons. He, re- he just really liked his boat. Uh, so he hangs out on it whenever he can. He's been spotted in the mirrors and in the portholes, and he's been known to block doorways and rattle beer glasses. You know, I, you know, once you buy something, he, you know, he never got that money from when the boat was sold, so he still thinks he owns the thing. And I don't blame him, to tell you the truth. I kind of feel like that's the, the way. First of all, if you, if, if, if either of you had a possession owned by, that you thought was haunted by a celebrity, um, you'd keep it, right? You'd hold on to that? Or what would, what would your takes be with that? Yeah, of course. There's, um, but I guess for me, um, I automatically go to how do we know that this is really what it is? That's yeah. that's always my go-to. But if if I I did have something that I thought was infused with somebody, even that I knew, not even just um, a famous person is is cool too. But even 
if I thought like my grandma was in something, you know, um, it's, it's prized possession territory there. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's an interesting thing. Um, as far as this, the John Wayne thing goes, you think because he loved this boat so much that he'd go back there. I mean, that's a possible, that's kind of the Lucille Ball thing. And you hear about this, you know, more often than not. I think he could have trapped himself. And the reason is um, John Wayne died of cancer. Yeah. Actually, the last film he made, he was sick during it. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> if he's suffering and he's dying, of, he's dying of cancer, he may be thinking a lot about, reminiscing about uh, that boat. He's fixating on it because he's, maybe he's just trying to distract himself or maybe he misses it. But if he's yeah. fixating on that boat when he passes, instead of continuing on, he may go to the boat. That makes sense. Like, because he would, he would. The same way Lucille would go, I just want to get out of this hospital and get home. He'd go, you know, I just want to get through this. Can't wait to be on my boat again. Uh, and so if you're that, putting a lot, if you're putting a lot of energy, because cancer can can take a while. Yeah. And that's what you're day, you're daydreaming about that boat because it's the happiest thing that you can remember while you're being treated and you're in pain, then when you pass, you could end up being trapped on that boat. Yeah. I'm happy we get a choice. Huh? I'm happy there's options. At least you, yeah, you, almost you can go to your house. You can, you can hang out at the studio or on a street corner. Yeah, it sounds like you got what you want. Restaurants, well. hotels are popular, you know. Be careful what well, you if, if you have a choice, depending upon who you are in your spiritual development, I mean, you have a choice. Move on and be part of the great mystery of the universe beyond all this or go back to your boat. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to the boat. <laughs> he, well, and he's also, oh, he, he probably had one of the be- best lives you know, I can never really quite say that, but I think he had a pretty comfortable life with where he was at, with his acting and uh, appreciation of him. And, um, you know, like as far as your regular life goes, he had a pretty good from what I imagine. You know what I mean? So you also have that element too, where they don't kind of, they don't want to leave that behind. You know, I could definitely see like a celebrity personality not being like I feel like if you were to put if you were to take like big groups of people a big group of celebrities and a big group of just regular folk and you were gonna go okay jump off this pier into the unbe you know into the you don't know what it is you know and uh, more more people without much would just take that that jump take you know risk it then and the people I think that have a really good life with a lot of money and no worries would probably be like well. Maybe it might just be better just in case, you know, something happens. Maybe I should not jump because, you know, I, I lose everything that I have and I got a pretty good type deal. So there's like that element to it as well. Holding on to this life, not letting it go. That's a bad thing to do, I hear. While you're living, not only when you're dead. Woo! I like it. So with, you know, that being said, that was a great wrap up to this. That was, uh, it was an interesting little list of celebs and their ghost stories. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's funky. I mean, being so beloved like that, uh, being someone that a lot of people that you've never met before in your life look up to you and think you're the greatest thing since sliced toast, you know, that definitely has to create something, you know what I mean? Some type of aura or energy that goes with you. Um, and with that, you know, d- 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 does that aura mean anything? What do you think? You know, it just fluffs egos and stuff and makes you feel good, you know, in the living form. But when you're gone, that, that, that you, you, you think that stays behind the same way your, your old uh, flesh suit stays behind. Or... I'm, I'm wondering too, if they make deals with 
with other entities too while they're alive. I, I that was kind of one thing that I was kind of wondering about when we were, I was kind of going over the true definition of the word magic, where what we think of magic with illusion and and stuff like that, that's not really the real definition of magic. It's really talking to and making deals with demons or entities or, you know, I I guess politically correct word is demon. Um, And so I, I almost kind of wondered too, if these people do you kind of commit to things with these entities while they're alive that would prevent them from also being able um, to move on in where they're, they're kind of trapped a little bit. I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, but it is something that I want to look into personally more myself um, because I'm, I'm finding, you know, as people um, allow these influences in their lives, I don't think they realize they're talking to demons. They think they're talking to friends or past family members or famous people in, yeah. uh, in this cases. And, and we just don't know 100% sure um, if that's accurate or what happens to your essence and who you are when you do, do crossover. I think we're not, it's not a 100% uh, guaranteed thing. So um, safety first. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. You know, we were on Behold the Pill podcast. Those guys were talking about something the other night about how, like, uh, you know, the, they were talking about the Bohemian Grove and, like, them, the worshiping they do and stuff like that. And it's like we were talking, yeah, it, it, they people that would, you know, had a, had everything, you, they would try and get everlasting life somehow and try and break into all these spiritual realms and try and make deals with these entities and stuff like that that's what sacrifices and such are all about so like yeah i definitely think that that that, that, that's out there too but it's a weird vibe you know what i mean and you know it's it's interesting what you take what goes with you when you leave and what stays we should do an episode on that one of these days you know what i mean what 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 goes what stays you know what i mean and uh, you strip down completely, you know, just your raw spirit, your, 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 you know what I mean? You know, even personality wise, you know, it's very possible to lose certain things, you know, if, if your wants and stuff like that, you know, all the joys that you kind of have, you know, you like going to the movies or something like that. Nowadays, it's like when you're dead, you know, you don't, you're not going to want to still go to the movies as a ghost, are you? Maybe. You know what I mean? Who's to say? You know. I think that's where in a lot of cultures you talk, when people talk about ascension. Yeah. Uh, is that as you move away from the, you move away from the earthly life because you give up the things of the earthly life. Yes. And you gain the spiritual life. But the more you give up, the more you keep putting uh, things aside that used to hold you down. Uh, whether it was pride or ego or wealth, that allowed you to move farther up the ladder, so to speak, to find out that true self and merge with spirit. I dig it. Oh, yeah, I dig it. Well, that was a great closing. You know what I mean? So with that being said, you know, Cindy, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Happy to join you're becoming like the third wheel on the the mostly ghostly bicycle. You know Repeat I mean? offender. There you go. You could have the trophy. You, know? you could be holding that title. We should have a title made. You know what I mean? Ray, always a pleasure, my friend. Glad I can do it. Good man, good man. We thank everybody out there for listening. If you're not subscribed to this show wherever you listen to it, then uh, do so. I know I just signed us up for like a handful of other places where people are going to be able to hear the show. So we'll have that coming through soon and that'll be a beautiful thing. So subscribe and uh, hit us up on the social medias. we got a nice Facebook, mostly ghostly page. Uh, if you want to be on the show or want to hear us talking about something cool beans. All right. We'll catch everybody on the next episode of mostly ghostly. Thank you.